Ladies, do you have a quick second? I can ask you a question on your lunch break about money. Okay, can I ask you a question about money while you're walking? Quick question for you about money. Ma'am, this is a very nice coat you're wearing. Thank you. Stick together, guys. Stay close. Stick together. But you live down here? Yes, I do. Yes. You can't be poor to live down here. No, no. Yeah, I mean, you're probably making... <laughs> How much do you make a year? How much money do you make a year? Sir, do you work at the New York Stock Exchange? Yeah. Are you a very, very wealthy businessman? No. How much do you make? Uh, I'm not going to say that. Oh, Dude, how much do you give? I don't give anything because I have student loans to pay off. The Lincoln Memorial, people. The Lincoln Memorial. I never thought I'd see it. Give me a number. How much did you give last year? About $1,500. I don't know. $100? $100. I gave a dollar to a homeless man once. $1. So that would be like 0.0004% of what you made. Probably. I'd probably give away about 15% of my income. Like 5%? Maybe 2 I don't know. 2%? Yeah. About a quarter. 25%? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Wow. That's very generous. Yeah. Are you wealthy? No. <laughs> well, I donated like clothes to the homeless and... Careful, look out. Excuse me, sir. Okay. Woo! Are you familiar with the tithe? 10%. Yep. Every check that you make, like, you're supposed to give 10%. It's basically giving what you have back to God. You just came out of a church. Are you a Christian? Yes. Do you know what tithing is? No. Come on, baby. No big deal. Little spin move here. Inside out, backwards, and spinning it, baby. One leg. Oh. Say you only make $10,000 a year or something. Should you still give 10%? I would say it depends on your priorities. Doesn't leave you a whole lot with food. The number one priority before anything is you get your paycheck and you give 10% and then you do your, your bills, awesome. things like that. I think that's awesome. I'll try to lead, you just follow. And right under, back around, be under. Oh. I'm okay. How much money do you make a year? It's really hard to say. 20 million. 20 million? 2 million. How much again? 20 million. A year? Yes. Wow. Are you a generous man with, with that money? No. Not at all. You're not? Do you wish you were more generous? No. Thank you guys so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. How many enjoyed the classic video from Nick in New York? Yes. Those of you that knew, we, that was just so good. We sent him out to New York a couple years ago, and I said, let's do that again and uh, loosen everybody up before I, I talk about money and tithing and all that. And I think Nick is good at that. Each week, we'll have one of those videos that we'll bring back and uh, show Nick in New York. And I can't believe that one guy, $20 million, like, yeah, I don't give. I don't care. I don't, I, I just, I, I'm just blown away by how affluent all of us are. We really are. 
And if we were to be on the mic, how many would really want to answer the questions with Nick? We've got him here at your campus. Nick, come on up. No, I'm just kidding. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Now, each week we're going to look at this and we're in our series or in our theme for the year, if you will, hold nothing back. Hold nothing back. Remember, that's the theme for the year, hold nothing back. And we looked at it in two ways. One with the widow with the two mites and saying, I'll hold nothing back, I'm all in. But also the Apostle Paul in Acts 20.20, he's saying, remember, I was helping you guys. I was, I was doing this in a way that I held nothing back that was for your good. I told you everything you needed to know for your good. And I couldn't help but think of that theme with, with this year's giving series that I'm going to hold nothing back. I'm going to hold nothing back as your pastor and tell you the things that are for your good. Because in this area of money, tithing, giving, budgeting, generosity, many people are holding things back. It's a holdback. It's an estimated that about 80% or more of the church is struggling in this area of finances. They're just struggling. They're trying to figure it out. It's interesting. A lot of pastors don't teach. They don't challenge about this. And I've always felt like it's part of my calling and part of what we're supposed to do. And as pastors don't talk about it, the church keeps getting weaker and weaker and weaker and giving keeps going down. They've studied this. They've looked since 1990. This may shock you, but giving in America to church is on a downward trend. It's almost down to 50% less than 1990. If you think about that, that's just amazing that it keeps going down. I do have good report for River Valley. Um, our giving again last year was up over 10%. It's off to a great start this year. And I want to say thank you for your generosity. Yes, you're a very generous church. But there's still so much room for us to grow. And these same studies, I'll reference a bunch of them, show that the average Christian uh, gives about 2 to 3% of their income. 2 to 3% of their income is about the average Christian. Um, American studies, I know these are sad stats, but... The, they say that the American church, that less than 10 or less than 12% of the American church actually tithes and gives 10%. Amazingly, um, if you go to South Korea, about 70% of them tithe in South Korea, which is amazing. If you go to Cuba, uh, 100% of the people that are in the churches that we're a part of with the Assemblies of God, all of them tithe. I mean, they make $20 okay, and they tithe. And they said in order to be a member, they all have to tithe. You have to tithe. And I was telling them when I was in Cuba, I said, yeah, you know, in America, like, uh, you know, 12% of the people tithe in church. And they were like, please, please don't let them come here. Don't, don't, don't let them tell that to the people. Like, don't do that. Like, we've got such a level of dedication that's so much higher than the American church. And yet they're so poor. Lifeway Research uh, did a survey in 2018 and they found that 83% of Christians said tithing is for today. So you could say, according to that survey, that the you know, spirit is willing, but the wallet is weak. I don't know. I mean, you just look at that. And it, it reminds me of a, of a story that I've read online about uh, Ivan the Great, that he is out conquering the world. And it's a story you could find it if you Google it about Ivan the Great. And he was out conquering the world and he was he wasn't married. And they said, you know, you need a wife. And he said, I, I don't have time for this. You pick someone for me. And so they picked someone for him. And they said, she's from Greece. But the issue is, if you're going to marry her, you have to convert and become a Greek Orthodox. He's like, sure, me and my soldiers will all convert. So they all started taking the courses for converting. And they said, if I'm going to get married, I'm going to do this. 
And when they got to the moment of, of baptism, they said, wait, 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 you cannot baptize a warrior. We cannot baptize you, the warriors, with your swords. You just, you, we cannot, you can't be a Christian and a warrior. And so they said, well, we want to get married. I want to get married. So what are we going to do? And so they had a little council and they agreed that all the soldiers would just hold their right arm out of the water and they wouldn't baptize their right arm and their sword. And they call this the unbaptized arm. And if he did that with his sword, I wonder what we would do with our unbaptized arm today. I think people would say, Pastor Rob, I want to get water baptized. I want to follow Jesus. But please, please, please make sure my wallet and my iPhone are not in the baptismal. Now, I know that we would never want these in there because they would get ruined. But you understand the spiritual implications. It's like we have an unsurrendered, unbaptized arm. And we're like, Lord, you have everything in my life except for my wallet and my browsing history. You have all that. Now, how many know, isn't it interesting, those are the two areas that get us into so much trouble. And so we're going to talk about that right now and really look at this and saying, come on, let's, let's surrender. Let's hold nothing back. Let's say, God, you've got everything you need from me. I, I, I want to be yours. When I got into the baptismal, I, I, I was water baptized and you got all of me. And, and although we won't baptize your wallet and your phone, we will sprinkle them. All right, we'll do that. <laughs> Now, I want to give a disclaimer. Uh, every year I read different books on tithing and giving, and um, this one is, is called God, Money, and Me by Paul DeYoung. He's a pastor in New Zealand that I know, and I will, you know, use this so much. I had to give him credit. If I could have flown him here from New Zealand to preach this, I would have done that, but instead you're going to get me, and I won't even attempt his accent. But I just want to give him the disclaimer because there's so much that I'm going to be using in this. Now, I want to let you know this, that we, we preach and teach tithing around River Valley Church. We'll get into that today, giving 10%. And I want to just say that this is something I settled years ago. And I, as I was reading the Bible, I realized that when I look at the Word of God, I see that a heart touched by God responds and tithes to the Lord. I see that, that a heart touched by God responds. If, when you're touched by God, you respond and you give a tithe. And I see this, this word tithe, it is a, it is a math word. Just so you know, you can't tithe 5%, you tithe 10%. Tithe means 10th, it's 10%. It was really a math word and it's in the Bible and the church is probably one of the few places you hear this word used anymore, you know, that it's a tithe, but it wasn't a church word. It was a, a, just a math word. Now there are other church words. How many know like you're probably never gonna hear the word fellowship unless you're in church, right? You know, or deacon, you know. I used to love it when our Shakopee campus was in Savage, and I used to say our Savage deacons, you know. So anyways, yeah. <laughs> but tithe is a math word, and it means 10%. And there's a huge fight here because it's so powerful. And I've noticed that when it comes to tithing, as a pastor, I can, I can almost like take someone's temperature, if you will. When you go to the doctor and they take your temperature and they want to see if you have a fever or not, if you're too cold, if you're too hot, it's one of the few things they just, they want to take those just, you know, readings. They want to see what your temperature is, what your heart rate is. They want to see what your blood pressure is. Well, when it comes to tithing, it's like taking the temperature at the doctor's office. Billy Graham said this, you could tell where someone's life is at by taking the time to look at their checkbook or bank statement in today's day and age. If, if this area is right, it helps straighten out almost every other area of their life. 
It's that important. It's one of those things where when you're following Jesus, you're looking and you're saying, what am I going to do with money? And how am I going to do this, God? And what do you want me to do? And my heart has been touched by you. And now what are you asking from me? And really, money is a test. It's a test. And I don't want you to fail the test. I want you to pass the test. Listen to what Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 13 says. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? So Jesus is saying, like, if you're not going to be faithful with just mammon and the, the money and the things that are there, who's going to trust you with true riches? And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what's your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's a test. It's a test. Matter of fact, deacons are held to an even higher standard with money. And it's, there's, there's different qualifications. And those people that want to be leaders in the church, it's saying they can't be addicted to wine. And they, they've got to make sure that they're not after uh, ungodly gain in financial areas. There's a, a higher test. There's a test for all of us. And there's so many verses on this. And I don't want you to fail the test. I don't want to hold anything back. And there's so many wrong thoughts about money. How many of you have ever heard like, Money is the root of all evil. Okay, I left out a word. How many know what I left out? The love, the love of money. The love of money. This is what 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. We just have so many different things about money. And I will say this, I know who I'm preaching to. I know that I'm preaching to our, our locations all across Minnesota, and I get it. I know that Minnesotans are very private about money. You know, it's, it's just so interesting. Uh, it, we're, we're very private. How many know, like I could prove just some of the things about Minnesotans, like how many know if you buy something and something, somebody compliments you, you have to tell them how much it costs. You're like, oh, no, 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 don't think I have lots of money stored up. No, 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 85% off, 85% off, smart with my money, you know. And you, you pull up with the car, you're like, no, no, that was just, that was a hand-me-down car for my dad. I didn't buy that car, you know, and, and my wife, my wife wanted that car. I didn't, you know, we just, it's interesting. They did a survey about things people value and Minnesotans' cars, we were the 50th state out of all 50 states. We were last place on valuing cars. And I had to think it's probably because people see our cars and they rust. So maybe that's part of it. But we are number one on valuing our homes. And maybe that's because of winter and because we can hide our wealth there. I don't know, but you know. Some of you might be thinking, I'm stuck. I can't get a breakthrough when it comes to finances. And I want to tell you, you can break through. You can break out of it. The, the sermon series that we did on Philippians, where I said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Strength, it was, that was dealing with finances. It was saying, how can I be content whether I have a lot or a little? How am I going to handle the money? And that, that whole thing that Paul was saying, he's saying, you can do this. You can have strength and you can do this. You can make it through. And I've noticed that people that feel stuck, it doesn't mean you just have a little, no money. There's people that are stuck that have lots of money. 
I talk to people that are, that are, are overextended and they're in debt and they're saying, I'm stuck. I don't see a way out. I don't think God can help me. And I want to tell you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He'll give you the ability to break free from this. But I've also talked to people that make way more than we would ever understand the amount. And when we talk about tithing, and I've had these conversations like, you don't understand. You don't understand the needed cash flow that I have in order to keep this going. Do you know the pressure that's on me to keep that going? I can't afford, I'm stuck, I can't break free. How in the world would I ever do all this and tithe? It's not possible. And so they're stuck, they're deep in debt and they're deep in dollars and they both feel stuck. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know that in our congregation, there's a lot of people that are deep in dollars that just feel stuck. And I know there are people that are deep in debt that feel stuck, but it's time for us to say, we can do this. We can break free. This is for all of us. And this, a heart touched by God wants to tithe. I'm blown away because right now our economy is so good. Everything is going so strong. And yet it hasn't shown an uptick. It hasn't shown an uptick of people saying, you know what, now that there's increase in my life, I'll do that. It's like we're expanding our standard of living instead of getting right with our giving. I was blown away just recently, this last week, we received for the very first time tithe checks from inmates in prison. We have a ministry that goes out to the prisons, and I want you to know that these inmates work for 25 cents an hour. That's what they get paid, 25 cents an hour. And this last week, we received four tithe checks. It blew me away. A tithe check for $2, a tithe check for $1.84, a and two of them for $1.50. Now understand this, they also had to pay 49 cents to mail their tithe in, earning 25 cents an hour. And they're saying, if this is how God's gonna live, be in my life, I want you to understand, I'm in, I'm parting with this. And they, they have to buy things at the same way we do. And they have to pay the same price as we do. And they only make 25 cents an hour. And yet they're still saying, I'm gonna tithe. I want to be in obedience. I'm saying it's time for us to hold nothing back. And it's time for us to realize that a heart touched by God tithes 10% to the Lord. We see in the Bible, Abraham, we see this. We see in Genesis 14, it says this. He's just won a battle and it says, and praise be to God most high who delivered your enemies into your hand. And then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. He tithes to Melchizedek, the priest. And he's like, I'm in, I'm doing this. And some people were saying, well, is this something that he copied from other cultures? No, I don't believe that. I believe in Genesis 26, 5, it says, because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. I believe this, that God was giving him downloads on here's how you're supposed to live and here's what we're going to do with money. And so Abraham's just obeying God and doing this. A heart touched by God says, I want to do this. I want to obey God. I'm, I'm just distracted. Sometimes when people walk out um, I'm in this series, in this sermon, I'm always distracted. And then I thank God for multi-site and video. Praise God, I can't see you. All right, all right. <laughs> Here's the thing. This predates the law. We see Abraham giving to God. He was taught by God like decrees and commands. This is what you should do. 
We see in the law that there was tithing. We see the prophets talking about it. We see this in Proverbs. It's there talking about this. I'll just give you one. Proverbs 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. It's saying it's honor. It's, it's, your heart has been touched by God, so you're honoring him this. It's mentioned by Jesus about tithing and he's talking about the Pharisees and he's like, yeah, you're tithing and you should do that, but don't miss the big things. Don't miss that it's not a law thing, it's a heart thing. Is your heart touched by God? Do you want to take care of the poor and do this? Do you want to give mercy and grace and do you want to like have a heart that wants to do this? Arrhenius, one of the early church fathers, he talks about like, it has to go up from there. Like everything in the Bible just with Jesus now goes up. It used to be don't kill. And, and then Jesus says, don't get angry. And it used to be don't commit adultery. And then Jesus is like, don't lust. And, and he's like, it must go up from there. And I love this, that as we tithe and we are obedient, I just think about the difference that would happen if everybody tithed, if we all started to do it. Relevant Magazine did a, a study on this, and they said if everybody just said, everybody that said they were touched by God started to tithe and brought the tithe to their local church. And by the way, that's what we teach and bringing it to the local church. What is the mission that we're on right now? We're building his church. And God's like, gather up as a church, gather up, get equipped, go out, do this. And so if we brought it into the modern day storehouse and brought it in, they said, what would happen if everybody did this? They said, we'd have about $165 billion more in the church. And they just said, just for instance, 25 billion could relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths from preventable diseases in five years. 12 billion could eliminate literacy, illiteracy in five years. 15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues. It said 1 billion could fully fund all the missionaries that we have out there right now. We need more missionaries. And they said, and then we'd still have $100 billion left over. Isn't that amazing? And I think about this, I wish God would touch our hearts and we'd say our heart is touched by you and we wanna do this, we wanna fund this, we wanna fuel this and our heart is touched and, and so we wanna do this and we wanna honor you with this. And so a heart touched by God, we see just tithes over and over and over again and we honor him by doing this. The second thing we see is the tithe belongs to God. Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit for the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. It's like we, we give it to him because it belongs to him. Robert Morris was here a few years ago preaching on this topic. And he talked about, if I gave my car to Pastor Rob and he said, hey, I need to use your car. I said, here, go ahead, you can use my car. And then a week later he comes back and he's like, Here's your car, just giving you your car. He said, I wouldn't be impressed. You're just giving me back my car. You know, he goes, but when we tithe, we act like, here you go, God. There it is. Matter of fact, I love this, this quote. It was talking, uh, Tozer said this. He said, I do not think I exaggerate when I say that some of us put our offering in the plate with a triumphant bounce as much as to say there, now God will feel better. Billy Graham. How many know whenever today saying hard things, just keep going back to Billy Graham? How many know, right? right? This is what he said. One of our greatest sins is the fact that we are robbing God of what rightfully belongs to him. When we don't tithe, we shirk a just debt. Actually, you're not giving when we give God's one-tenth because it already belongs to him. This is a debt we owe. Not until we've given a tenth do we actually make an offering. 
We're given this. It belongs to God. And you see this in Exodus 13. It's the principle of giving the first and the firstborn male and the first. It's the principle of the first tenth. And it's like the first belongs to God. And Leviticus says it belongs to God and it's holy. And my thing is, when does holy ever change? It doesn't. It's His. And we say, God, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give it to you. I wanna... But how many know we give excuses just like the people in the video? Well, that doesn't leave a lot left over. That doesn't, you know, and, and what I hear from a lot of people, they'll say like, I know you talked about tithing and I know you talked about that. And, and I love that reverse psychology in the beginning when you said the giving was going up. And, I, you know, I was like, no, it's not reverse psychology. It's just the truth. All right. And they're like, but here's the thing. I feel, I feel and, and I've thought about this. If you I feel yourself into not tithing, you'll continue to I feel yourself into any sin you like to feel your way into. You know, I feel I need to marry his wife. No, you don't. That, that it's not what God wants you to do. I feel like drugs are okay. No, they're not. I feel like lying is permitted. No, I feel, I feel. Who cares what you feel? What does God say? Remember, as your pastor, I'm holding nothing back, right? You know, all right. We just give it back right away. We just give it back right away. We say, God, it belongs to you. And so I want to return it to you. And so a heart touched by God wants to tithe and it really belongs to him anyways. So we're saying, God, I want to give it to you because the Bible says it's God who gives us the ability to earn and create wealth. And so we're like, God, you've given me everything I have. And so I'm just saying it's back to you. It's yours. I'm on mission for you. And here's another thing that happens. When we tithe, we align our lives with God as our source. Yeah. Let me say that again. When we tithe, we align our lives with God as our source. Now, here's something that you've got to understand when it comes to money. Money in itself is neutral. Money in itself is neutral. It's just something that is exchanged. We just we keep things moving. It's just neutral. But here's the thing, when it touches our hands, all right, we have a decision to make. Are we going to align it with God or are we going to align it with mammon? Now, I read that translation earlier on and I said, you can't serve God and mammon. Some of you say you can't serve God and money. Money is neutral. Mammon is that spirit. Mammon is the money that operates outside the purposes of God. It's the spirit that attaches to it. And one of the things that's going to happen is when we have that money in our hand and we're saying, okay, God, what are we going to do with this? And when we say, I want to tithe, we're now aligning with God's plan and we're saying, God, you put your hands all over this money. And when we don't do that and we keep it and we say, it's mine, here's a little tip for you. What happens is mammon attaches to our money. It's the spirit that attaches to our money. And all of a sudden, instead of aligning with God's plan and instead of aligning there, we start aligning with the things of the world that say, if you had that, you'll be happy. If you made more of this, you'll be happy. You need to buy this to impress them. I don't know who originally came up with the quote, but whoever did, it was genius. Like, we spend money we don't have to buy things we don't really need to impress people we don't really like. You know, I mean, that's the spirit of mammon. It's all over it. And it's right there. And it's saying, you need this. You've got to have that. And, and so when we tithe and we say, God, it's 
my heart's been touched by you. You saved me. I believe this. I really do. God, now I want to, uh, I want to align with you. It's yours and it's, it, it belongs to you. So here it is back to you. We start to align with his plan for our lives as our, as, as our source. And all of a sudden he says, you know what I'll do? I'm going to start blessing you in ways you never thought. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. Now, it's in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, I am the Lord all-powerful, and I challenge you to put me to the test. Bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so that there'll be food in my house. Then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with a blessing after blessing. I'm saying, God, I want to align with your plan, and I want to have open windows from heaven. I want to have you blessing the 90% that I'm living in. And I want to say, God, I'm living for you and not mammon. And when, when this money comes here, I give you that 10% so that your hands are all over it. Yeah. Now, again, you say, well, but what happens when mammon gets on it? When mammon gets on it, it changes your allegiance. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it starts to do? It starts to distract you. Yeah. It says, you know what? You should do this instead. Then it diverts you. And then it drives you. And mammon just starts saying, you need more. You've got to have more. You need more toys. You need more stuff. You need to have that. You're going to live for that. And pretty soon, pretty soon it, everything is over here. Mammon is just grabbing a hold of you. And it's rearranging your entire life. And people that used to be around God, all of a sudden, because mammon pulls them away, they start going anywhere. And we'd say, I never worship money. But I think one of the things that that mammon says to you when you're getting really, really down the road, it says, will you move for me? Will you move for me? Will you take more from me? Will you sacrifice that? Will you just, it's all about the money. It's all about the move. It's all about what I got to get more. And I've watched people shipwreck where they had everything in their life going so well and they go for a 10 or 15% more, but they're like, I'm going to take it. And mammon says, move, jump, go. And God's like, no, no, no. My hands need to be on this. Again, there's nothing, it's not wrong to take a promotion, but I've watched people and I don't want to even list their name, but I think of the tragedy of people that were doing so well, so well. And then all of a sudden, mammon said, I want more. I've got to get a bigger piece of the pie. I've got to have this. And, and they had so much already. And then they just, I've got to get it. And then next thing you know, the shipwreck, the shipwreck, the shipwreck. And you're thinking, was all that worth it? Mammon diverted you. I want to get in the tithing and say, God, I want to be in the alignment with you when I tithe. And I want to be aligning with your blessing on my life and saying, I believe that you'll open the windows of heaven on me. And, and man, my life will be changed because of that. Yeah. People, yeah. Now, we have a couple more weeks in this series. We'll go as long as we need to on this with holding nothing back. Um, but I've had people say like, okay, so if my life is a train wreck, all I have to do is give 10% and it's the fix all, okay? It's the first step. It's not the full fix. It's the first step. It's the right step of obedience. That you're saying a heart touched by God says, I love you. A heart touched by God says, it's yours, I return it. A heart touched by God says, I'll tithe. And you know what? Now I want to align with you. I want your hands all over this. And I believe that you will bring this into alignment in my life. And then there's principles and there's steps and there's wisdom and there's things that we have about blessed to be a blessing and there's seed to be sown. But the first step really 
the temperature test, the what are you going to do with this right here now that you have this? Are you going to live in that excuse like, I can't do it, I can't do it, there's no way, I'm too far in debt or I'm too far in dollars, I can't do it. I'm saying I'm, I want you to hold nothing back. I want you to say, God, I'm yours. This is the year of my breakthrough. This is the year that I'm saying, I want to bring this into alignment. And I want to say, God, I desire to, to get this, your hands all over this. My hands have been all over this way too much. And I desire to get your hands all over this. So God, I'm praying right now that we have a, a church that is touched by you. So many hearts touched by you. And so God, I'm praying right now that they would respond to that and they'd be generous. They would say, I'll tithe, I will do that. They will return the tithe to you and they'll say, God, it's yours. I pray, Lord Jesus, that, that they would just say now, I want your hands all over this. Lord, as I live and as I honor you with the first tenth, as I honor you with that, God, I just say right now, bless the rest and help me to live in an open window heaven moment. And I just pray, God, for the people deep in debt or the people deep in dollars that they would realize this is the year of the breakthrough. This is the year to hold nothing back. Nothing's being held out of baptism. Wallet, phones, all of it is in. And Lord Jesus, we trust you. Help us to live obedient in this area and to trust you because you are the God that we can trust. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.